Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have on store for the long-awaited episode number 79. Thanks for giving me a couple weeks off. Life just got busy, so thanks for the week off that I was able to get. Uh, But today on episode number 79, we're actually going to talk about 10 players that I think will be most affected, positively or negatively, in free agency. And I don't mean in the sense of they are free agents. I don't really like to talk about the free agents until the free agency period actually has started and we know where teams have landed. To me, other than that, it's just kind of speculation. It's hard to put a value on players until you know where they land. So trust me, once a free agency opens here in a couple weeks, we will be talking about the free agents as they land with different teams. I'll give my opinions on that. But one of the things I do like to think about is what would happen if when players stay or leave because you're going to see kind of an immediate spike on other players on the team that themselves are not free agents, but if their free agents stay or if they go on their teams, they're going to be affected. So that's what we'll talk about today, because the NFL year officially starts in less than a month. You know how it is that once the year begins, teams acquire free agents. A little dirty secret, actually, by the way, is that most of the negotiating for these free agents takes place uh, this week during the NFL Combine. Um, so this week, sur- rumors are going to surface about... Uh, which teams are interested in which free agents and which teams are willing to let their free agents go. So a flurry of activity that causes players' dynasty to fluctuate quite a bit. So we'll get the rumors this week, but when free agency starts in about three weeks, then we'll know a lot. And it's not, like I said, just the free agents who gain or lose value. It's players on the teams that the, from those uh, teams who's, uh, when the free agents get picked up or when the free agents go, the value changes quite a bit. And so we're going to talk about some of those players, the ones that I've been thinking about right now. In no particular order, we're just going to go kind of position by position. Here's a list of 10 players that are not free agents, but still stand the most to gain or lose based upon what happens in free agency. First, I'll talk about Nick Chubb. I need to state for the, re- for the fact that I really, really love Nick Chubb. I believe that he'll be a top 12 running back again next year, whether or not Kareem Hunt, who's a re- restricted free agent, um, whether he leaves Cleveland or not. So... I want to state that from the start. I believe he's going to be a top 12 no matter what. But here's where I think there stands to be much to gain or much to lose. If Hunt were to go to another team, get signed, even though he has this restricted free agent, and if uh, Cleveland chose not to sign the contract that someone else offered him, I believe if that happens, Chubb would bump bump up to be a top five running back without a doubt. When Hunt uh, played, they played together, Hunt had 54 to 67% of the snaps after returning from the suspension. And Cleveland played Hunt and Chubb at the same time super often because Chubb in that same time period had 50 to 81% of the snaps. So they're relatively close in the number of snaps that they had. Chubb, uh, you know, it's about 14% more on the high end. But that's what we know last year. And even though that happened at the back end of last year, Chubb still finishes the number seven ranked running back. So there's a lot of speculation as to what they'll do this year, of course, because there's been a coaching change, so we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, if it's going to look like the same split that they kind of had last year at the end of the season or not. Because Cleveland's new coach, Kevin Stefanski, is known for deploying a run-first strategy. So there could be plenty of carries to share if Hunt stays in Cleveland, but we also don't know really what they're going to do with Hunt and Chubb, given that this new offensive coaching staff. So this raises some tough questions. 
uh, regarding Chubb, one of my favorite players. He's a slightly volatile, given that Hunt is a free agent. And if Hunt were to leave, man, Chubb would even go up even more. I still believe in him, but the fact is that if, if he's split in the backfield with Hunt, that is going to affect him, maybe from being a top five, possibly back to being still in the top 12. Chubb is better than Hunt, even though I love Hunt too. Second player I'll talk about that has something to gain or lose, depending on what happens, is Chase Edmonds. So David Johnson, of course, in Arizona, appears to be washed up. Pretty crazy. So fast that that happened. So he's washed up at worst, or is at least out of favor with the coaching staff at best. One of the two of those. And the fact is that his contract is too valuable for Arizona to trade or cut him. No one's going to want to take on his contract in a trade. And if they cut him, they take the, the cap loss. So it's very likely that David Johnson's going to stay on the team. But the question comes with the free agent, and that's Kenyon Drake, who took Johnson's job last year and led, of course, if you remember, and you had him on your teams. I know I didn't and lost to teams that had him. He took uh, fantasy teams to Super Bowls at the end of the year. Well, now he's a free agent. Most people seem to suspect that Arizona is going to sign Drake, uh, but there's no guarantee that they will. And if they don't, Chase Edmonds um, will, will stand to gain. He played fine in a limited role last year when both uh, Johnson, when Johnson wasn't getting the playing time and when Drake was hurt, he had a couple good games, one really good game um, in Drake's absence. And so we've seen what he can do. I think that at worst, Edmonds is a primetime handcuff to own in Arizona's fast-paced offense. Like, pick him up as a handcuff at the very least. I think he's the number two guy behind Drake if they sign him. But at the very best, he could be the, their starter in 2020, which is why I wouldn't uh, – I wouldn't let go of him right away. I, I would think if he, if Drake were to leave in free agency, he would vault right up to a top 15 back, in my opinion. Um, so it's going to be a pretty significant spike if Drake goes. But even if he doesn't go, I see Edmonds as a chief handcuff no matter what there in Arizona. Third guy I'll talk about is Justin Jackson. Of course, Melvin Gordon's holdout last year did not result in the 20, a new 2019 contract in Los Angeles. Um, He's likely not to be signed by them in 2020. That's what most people speculate. Of course, we never never really know, but odds are if they weren't willing to sign him in 2019 to a longer-term contract, now that he actually is a free agent, I doubt that they will. Add to that the fact that Austin Eckler is a restricted free agent, which means, of course, any team could try to come after him, but the, but the Chargers would get the first chance to uh, sign the same type of contract that he was offered from another team. So add to that the, the fact that Eckler had such a great year, and this could be a completely different backfield in 2020. I think that Eckler is likely to stay with the team, but Gordon's going to be gone. Uh, Justin Jackson becomes more of the handcuff in L.A. if that happens. Um, I think that he'll split carries with Eckler, who needs to partner. Really, I think Eckler's the type of back that needs a partner to carry the load, given his smaller frame. Last year, Jackson honestly didn't do too much at the start of the year when, when Gordon was holding out, and it was Jackson and Eckler splitting time. Jackson honestly didn't look so good, but then he ended up getting hurt. So we didn't quite get to see it. We only got about a three-game sample at the start of last year. But you go back to the previous year in 2018 while Gordon uh, was uh, hurt, and it was a split backfield between Eckler and Jackson. Jackson actually had a couple really good games, more uh, good games in two years ago than he had last year. And so given what we've seen two years ago, I don't think that, that has gone away. He was an incredible, uh, productive uh, running back there at Northwestern uh, University. And so I think that he can do the same there uh, with the Chargers if Gordon were to leave and if he was to split time with Eckler. So hold on to Jackson. Moving out of receivers, the third player, fourth player that I'll talk about in the same team is Keenan Allen. And this for agents to me is a little bit different because in one sense that's already happened. Like it has happened that the Chargers has chosen not to bring back Phillip Rivers as their quarterback. And this causes me great concern for Keenan Allen. He's not caught passes really in his career from anyone else. 
And so the chemistry that he and Rivers have had all these years, he's no longer going to have. And so I think that if Tyrod Taylor is the new quarterback in L.A., I think his style is different from Rivers' style. Allen wins with a lot of precision routes. He's an accurate quarterback, and he throws with anticipation, which is excellent fit, um, which, which uh, Allen was an excellent fit for Rivers in the way that Rivers throws the ball with anticipation, the way that Allen knows how to run solid routes. I think, though, with Tyrod, he's much more safe with the ball, and he needs to see a guy open before he throws it. Tyrod's strength, actually, is he he is one of the leading quarterbacks in the NFL history as far as not throwing interceptions. Um, But that means, really, I think what happens is he kind of does what Dak Prescott does, that he kind of plays it safe and doesn't throw it until a guy's open. And Keenan Allen, of course, can get open. But, man, he can play so much better when guys throw him open or throw exactly knowing where he's going to be before they see him break open. So... I think that most draft analysts suspect also that the Chargers are going to draft a quarterback like maybe Justin Herbert in the first round. If that was to happen or they did go after a quarterback, I think you know this is really going to hurt Keenan Allen, who's 27, I think, years old, and then he'll be kind of near the back end of his contract having to adjust to a rookie quarterback or Tyrod Taylor, whatever the case would be. So I think Allen's value in this case, it's already dropped. So here we're looking at a case where the free agency move has already happened. Rivers was not re-signed, and Keenan Allen has dropped quite a bit in my standing. Next guy I'll talk about is Michael Gallup. Uh, Dallas is cash-strapped, of course, this year while they're trying to sign both Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper this offseason. But I was looking last year to see that Gallup had 1,107 yards and six touchdowns in 2019. That actually might make the decision to keep Dak and let Cooper walk a little bit easier for Dallas. There's rumors, of course, that they're going to try to franchise uh, uh, Cooper. Not sure what's going to happen there, but I think Gallup Uh, would be playing kind of second fiddle to Cooper, of course, if he was to sign. But he's the guy that has the most value to gain should they choose not to sign Cooper. Gallup would become the number one receiver right away there in Dallas and a wide receiver who's already proven that he can have a successful 1,000-yard, six-touchdown season even as a second receiver on a team. So Gallup's dynasty stock is probably going to rise no matter what happens given how well he played. But if Cooper were to leave in free agency, Gallup's stock would really go through the roof. He's actually one player that I'm actively trying to uh, go for trades on. Uh, not so much because of if Cooper's going to leave, but if Cooper leaves, I get a double bonus. But even if he doesn't leave, I believe the Gallup's on the rise already. Could rise significantly more for Cooper to leave. Next receiver we'll talk about is Julian Edelman. Edelman sure seems to be past his prime as far as his age, 33 years old, but it's still so ridiculous that his connection with Tom Brady last year was enough to carry him to the number nine wide receiver finish last year. So so frustrating that little Edelman can be a top 10 receiver. Unreal. I cannot see a way that he can have a better season than this the rest of his career. He just nagged, had those nagging injuries himself. He's getting older. Of course, if Brady leaves in free agency, then his dynasty stock just completely plummets. Like, no way that you would have really be investing in Edelman minus Brady. If Brady were to come back, I still think Edelman's had the best year of his career, and he's on the downward trajectory for sure. But this is really all to say that if, if Brady does not, then he's actually going to drop even further. Odds are it's impossible to trade Edelman at this point. Everyone probably sees the writing on the wall, um, no matter the situation there. So if you take away, uh, he says Edelman has been, had the perfect offense with the perfect quarterback, with a perfect coach for a decade now. It's ridiculous. I think if you just remove one of those elements, <laughs> that's going to be his age, the coach, which that's not happening right now <laughs> with Belichick there. But if you were to remove the quarterback, his value is going to drop like a brick. Uh, Edelman's past his prime. Next up is uh, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel arguably became the number one wide receiver in San, San Francisco by the end of the year, and he showed it in the Super Bowl for sure. 
And so now the case is what happens if Emmanuel Sanders, who is the free agent, leaves? Um, I would remove all doubt that Samuel's the number one receiver. Like I said, it already looked like Samuel had passed uh, up Sanders by the end of the year, even though the same Sanders seemed to have the upper hand after they made that trade. By the end of the year, Samuel already was becoming the number one. Little trick about it is Shanahan's run-first scheme limits the value of wide receivers quite a bit, I believe. But this is a little bit different because Debo is actually involved in the run game too. He has a skill set that I think is too valuable to keep him uninvolved, whether it's in the short passing game or whether it is uh, using him in the, the run game. Uh, they do throw a lot of passes, of course, to their tight end, to their fullbacks, uh, more than most teams do. But I still think Samuel's value is rising already and could rise even further if they don't re-sign Sanders. So Debo rising as is, kind of like Gallup, his value is rising as is. But if this were, if they were not just resign Sanders, he's going to get an even more significant bump. Next wide receiver we'll talk about, and then we'll talk about two tight ends. Number eight here is Mecole Hardman. He was Kansas City's third most targeted uh, wide receiver, or I'm sorry, Kansas City's third most targeted wide receiver. Demarcus Robinson is a free agent, and I feel like he's most surely going to go. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, most, most likely going to go. Not their third most targeted wide receiver, third most targeted pass catcher, I should say, because that, of course, counting in uh, Tra- Travis Kelsey. But third most targeted guy is sure to go. Their second most targeted receiver, which would be Sammy Watkins, um, could also be on his way out. Uh, There's thought that they're actually going to let him go because they could save $14 million of of salary cap if they were to let Watkins go. I don't know. Watkins looked so good the first game or two of the season then looked good in the playoffs. So it's really hard to know what to do with Watkins. If you're a Watkins owner, you understand how frustrating he's been to have. And so... It's yet to know whether uh, Kansas City shares that same frustration. Again, while he's not a free agent, I do think that there's a decision that's going to be made. So I think Robinson will not be resigned, and Watkins could possibly be released. If so, Nicole Hardeman stands to benefit hugely. Uh, He could get the highest rise of any player this offseason if this were to happen, I believe. Um, I already ranked it. I already personally haven't ranked as my number 51, while Sammy Watkins is just barely ahead of him at number 47 in my receiver rankings. So they're already pretty close by my book. If Sammy gets cut, I imagine that Hardman would move up to like the number 35 to number 45 range uh, for me there in Kansas City. Finally, let's talk about two tight ends. Number nine, player that could be affected by free agency is Jack Doyle. Doyle should be finally become the number one tight end in any Indianapolis after two years of battling with Eric Ebron, which is so frustrating. It doesn't appear that, uh, that the Colts are going to re-sign Ebron. And so while Doyle... Uh, will become, you know, while Doyle won't have the, the red zone connections that he had with Andrew Luck early in his career that everyone was so excited about, he is still in an offense that targets tight ends more than most do, um, specifically in the red zone. And I think he'll finally become the number one target. If he was just to get everyone else out of the way, I think that Doyle really could be on the rise. If the rumor um, is, is true that Indianapolis plans to sign Philip Rivers, then that actually bodes really well for him too, because if Indianapolis does sign Philip Rivers, pure speculation, of course, we know that uh, Rivers, much like Andrew Luck did, loves to target his tight ends, uh, particularly in the red zone as well. So keep an eye out for that. I think either way, Doyle's uh, stock is rising, especially if Ebron goes, and even more so if Rivers was to go to Indianapolis. And finally, the last tight end that we'll talk about, whose stock is different now, uh, given free agency, is Ian Thomas. Like Keenan Allen with Philip Rivers leaving, we already know that Carolina did what they did with their free agent tight end. Greg Olson has left Carolina and he signed with Seattle, so this is one that we can already speculate about because it's already happened. 
So that really does leave Ian Thomas to inherit the leading role at tight end in Carolina. Uh, They do have new coaching staff, so they appear to be in some bit of a rebuilding mode. They've also yet to commit to Cam Newton as their quarterback. And so I also heard that they've been rumored in many of the mock drafts that you see to be targeting a tight end in the draft. So all those things do raise some questions, but this is what you need to follow carefully. We know the free agency move. Now we got to find out the Cam Newton news. Soon we should know that. And then, of course, in the NFL draft, do they draft a tight end? I think either way, Ian Thomas's stock is rising uh, right now. Uh, he has looked pretty productive when he did have opportunities, particularly two years ago near the end of the season when um, when Greg Olson was injured. And so Ian Thomas has already put some things on film to show that he could do well with a leading role. I think if Carolina commits to Cam Newton, that would signal a bump in target, uh, a bump in Thomas's um, stock right away in his dynasty value. And if they don't draft a tight end, of course, that's going to be a few months before we know that, then it would rise even more. So it's risen a bit because Olsen's left. If Cam says yes, rise him even more. And if they don't draft a tight end, rise him even more again. There you go. So those are my 10 guys that I've been thinking about monitoring, watching what happens in free agency because their stock is going to go up or down depending on what happens with the free agents that are on the teams that they are on. Hope that's been helpful for you just to think about some of the players that you have on your teams or players that you might want to go after. You know, when you're talking with uh, good managers, you can go after them now and try to be savvy, but it's kind of speculation because you don't know what's really going to happen with, with these free agencies. You, could, you can kind of take a player and hope that you get the upside, or you can wait and see, you know, what happens. Of course, their value is going to rise the second one of these things does happen, so the cost is going to be a little bit more, or in some cases, their cost is going to drop, so you're going to have a harder time selling a guy. Pretty risky to do here before free agency. I would recommend actually just waiting and paying the extra price or losing the extra money, uh, waiting till after free agency to see uh, what happens in that regard. Those are some of the players that I've been thinking about. I think next week we're going to do something related to the Combine now that we'll get to watch it this weekend and get talk about some of the players in my rookies, rookie rankings that have risen or changed their value based on what happened in the Combine. We don't put a ton of stock in the Combine, but you do have to put enough in it to give guys a little bit of a bump or at least get some some uh, kind of double check marks where you know like you can confirm what you saw. You can see it uh, through some of their just kind of testing. So that'll be fun to talk about next week. I appreciate you giving a listen as always. Uh, thanks for your listen. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at DynastyFreaks.com. That's DynastyFreaks with two E's. I am much better on email than I am on Twitter. So the best way to contact me is at DynastyFreaks with two E's, DynastyFreaks at gmail.com. I'd be honored if you would take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.